Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Sports Moose Media Podcast for the week. Ricky Dean, along with Rick Burkett, who is on the phone line from beautiful Mobile, Alabama. Rick's over there, and uh, I'm here in in kind of the the Jetto Metroplex, as I like to refer to it, the home, the the, the place where we we've never met a family dollar we didn't like. So uh, that's kind of like the URI Mall. You know, if we go to Family Dollars, as a matter of fact, I just came back from the mall, except I, I went right next door. Instead of going to Family Dollar, uh, I went to the um, uh, to the other one. What's the yellow store? I can't Dollar, Dollar General. Yeah, there you go, Dollar General. <laughs> I, I couldn't remember Dollar General. But, yeah, I mean, we got them right there side by side. We got the old Family Dollar, Dollar Tree, double double feature right there going and then we've got the the dollar general right next door so i had to go to dollar general and uh and well it's nice to see capitalism in full effect in the the greater ghetto uri metroplex i mean (laughs) hey it's it's like like i say we we done got city eyes now out here i mean we got we got all kind of stuff going on i mean people actually staying up all the way till 10 o'clock and, uh, you know, it's, I mean, it's just, it's not what it used to be. Anyway, welcome to everybody as uh, you jump on board with us tonight. Of course, Rick and I are, are, we're trying to, we're trying to wrap up things as far as high school football goes. And, and we had a great week of, of football games last week, uh, getting underway Wednesday night with the uh, 7A uh, state championship game in the Alabama High School Athletic Association, a game that uh, pitted uh, the Thompson Warriors. Um, up against um, Central Phoenix City. Of course, uh, Central Phoenix City coming out victorious in that one. Anyway, we'll get to that game later. We're going to kind of go in order, not necessarily in the order that they were played, but we're going to go 1A through 7A and talk about last week's games and, and what we saw in watching them and paying attention to the games. You know, we've, we've kind of been doing this football thing all the way since August, and we got here to the to the final week, and uh, – and all you know, we've we've crowned seven state champions in the Alabama High School Athletic Association. So, so everybody's got their got their as they referred to them the blue maps. They've got those back home, and um, you know some some of the games Rick t- turned out kind of the way we expected, and then there there were some surprises, and we'll get to all those as we go through these games, but uh, but I know you uh, you, you got to enjoy the games, and, uh, and we're going to talk about them now, and uh, we'll just jump in here with uh, the first one that we'll kind of lead into, which actually was one of the games that, that turned out the way I expected, and I believe it was the way you expected too. It was Leroy and Kusa Christian in the 1A game. Leroy coming out victorious by a score of 28 to 21. Yeah, I mean, uh, and I don't guess, like, you know, sort of like we said, you know, the last couple of weeks, once you make it to the quarterfinals and the semifinals, there's not any real huge upsets. I mean, not all the teams have proven their medal just by making it to those points. But uh, Leroy beat such a good uh, a good Elba team the week before. I mean, so I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is the Coosa Christian gave Leroy a much better game, uh, and I know you saw it uh, than, than we might have been expecting. But congratulations to Leroy. Anyhow, that's who we were pulling for. They're from our neck of the woods. Yeah, I mean Leroy. Leroy played good, but I, I mean you're absolutely right. I mean Kusa Christian to me was a little bit of a surprise in the game, uh, as I got a chance to see it televised and watched it on TV. You know, Kusa Christian came into the ball game and uh, and they were like nine and five on the year, and uh, you know they they scored a lot of points. They put up a lot of points on defense, on, I mean, on offense, and they had a very good defense. Their region record in their region was only 3-3. Three and three. And, of course, I mean, Leroy had just blown through everybody all year long with a record of 13-0 and 0 going into the state championship game, 6-0 and 0 in their region. And, um, and Coosa Christian really was a surprise as, um, as Leroy was able to pull out a tough victory, 28-21, to 21, but you know, my hats go off to to Coosa Christian as they played very well, and um, and of course, uh, you know, nothing, no need to hang your head uh, about getting beat by a fourteen and O team, as that's what Leroy ended up. Um, I mean, Leroy put some points up 
um, on the year as well. You know, they ended up scoring, uh, I think, 523 points is what it has here uh, on the year, only giving up 158. And uh, and they ended the year yeah. up 14 and 0. So they had a very good football team, did Leroy, and uh, and they looked good on the field, played good on the field. They had a strong running game. Uh, they didn't throw the ball an incredible amount, which most teams in in 1A football they don't throw the ball very much. They're they're more run. They have a tendency to be more run oriented, and and Leroy was, but they did just a little just enough of both of it, of run and pass, that they um, they kept the defense of Cusa Christian honest, and uh, that's what allowed Leroy to move the ball down the field and score the way they did. Man, you know, like, you know, congratulations, Leroy. That's, this is being called one of their, their best teams ever in their proud history. I think this is their eighth state championship, and they're like their 36th or 37th playoff appearance. So uh, congratulations, Leroy Bears. Well, Leroy's from, you know, they're not from far away from me up here in Monroe County, you know, right over in uh, yeah. in uh, Clark County. And so, Leroy, uh, you know, hats off to them. Uh, they played very well. We're glad that they won the state championship. I'll get to see all those Leroy folks, uh, you know, once – once the Christmas season is over with and we get started into high school softball, of course, I'm still an Alabama High School Association um, softball official, so I'll get to see them during softball season. Always good folks from over there at Leroy, and I enjoy um, umpiring their softball games during the spring. Yeah, might be fine folks. They are fine folks. And uh, as we get into the, the next game, uh, that really – you know, the, the two teams in the Class 2A championship, this game really turned out the way I expected because, you know, and, and I think with you as well, because we had talked a little bit about Fife, and we knew Fife was going to be a handful for anybody. Of course, both of these teams were very good, both Fife and Realtown. And, um, and of course, Fife, the Red Devils, uh, they just have a winning tradition, I mean, that goes back just – years and years uh both teams were very good they ended their seasons fife did 14 and 1 on the year uh real town ended their season 13 and 1 on the year so they were that they were both had a bunch of wins that they um that, that they had gone through to get to where they were in the state championship game but fife just a little too much for real town as they picked up a win as the visitor in that ball game it was 543 in real town 24 yeah and i mean in real town had a very good team this year they were undefeated 13 and 0 heading into the game the rebels were and uh but uh, and, and they've got a lot of. I mean, Real Town, like you you said in last week's podcast. I mean, everybody's heard of Real Town that keeps up with high school football. But same, same as said for for the five Red Devils. Uh, I think this is their seventh state championship or something like that. And uh, you know, they finish up fourteen one, having only lost one game all year. So uh, congratulations to the Red Devils. Yeah, well, and and one thing that that kind of gave me a clue that. Um that Realtown was a good football team is in the semifinals before advancing to the state championship game. Uh, the the Realtown team knocked off B.B. Comer. And we had been hearing about B.B. Comer all year long. B.B. Comer was the, was the number one team in Class 2A quite a few uh, weeks in a row during the season, during the regular season. And so you knew that when Realtown knocked off B.B. Comer, and they did so by a score of 31-28, just by a field goal. So it was a very close game. But uh, but you knew when, when uh, Realtown won that game that Realtown – they had them a football team there, and they were going to give Fife all they could handle. Of course, Fife just ended up pulling away. Uh, Fife scored 28 points uh, by halftime. It was 28-12 at the half, and then uh, and then Fife was just able to hold on, and um, and the final score, as I said, ended up 43-24. So um, congratulations to Fife, and uh, and they're just a good football team, and, and they've been a good football team for years, and nothing's to say that going into next year, they're going to be one of your favorites to make it to Auburn next. Well, actually, no, it's not going to be in Auburn. They, they made that announcement the other night. You know, the um, 
the state championship games next year get away from Tuscaloosa and Auburn, and they'll be played in Birmingham next year. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, they're going to play. I, I believe that's the, the the new football stadium there that UAB right. uses as their field is going to be um, is going to be where they will play the state championship. And um, it, next it's year. their new stadium, a fairly new stadium where the Birmingham Bowl is played, and. Uh, uh, kind of reminds you of Troy Stadium a little bit, uh, but a very nice stadium where South Alabama is along those lines, but a very, very nice uh, venue for, for for football. Well, like I said, you know, a good ball game there. Congratulations to both teams for making it to the state uh, championship game. Fife and Realtown. Fife comes out on top by a score of 43-21. to 21. Now, um, uh an area that that we know a little bit of something about because we followed 3A football all year long, and and this was our – we made this call the second week of the season when we got a chance to see uh, Coach Ronnie Cottrell's Mobile Christian team, the Leopards. When we got to see them against WS Neal, you and I both looked at each other and said, state championships coming to Mobile, and it came to pass as the – the Mobile Christian Leopards end up being 15-0 and on the year, and they defeated Madison Academy, who is a, a traditional powerhouse in, in Class 3A. But Mobile Christian just too much for them. And actually, I think this, this game had the most, um, the most wide margin of victory of all the state championship games as Mobile Christian got off uh, got on Madison Academy by a final score of 55 to 28. Yeah, that Mobile Christian team we we said throughout the year and uh, you know cover them ourselves for at least one game and uh, and and indirectly because they're in our in the region that we cover for 3A and uh, and you, we both know the coaches over there, and, I, and just a lot of connections with Mobile Christian, and uh, so that that wasn't uh, wasn't a huge surprise. And, and you know, congratulations to them. Uh, their first AH uh, AA uh, championship. They've won some state championship in the AISA, but not now in the High School Athletic Association. So. Congratulations to the Leopards. Yeah, that was that was a big win for them, and of course we're we're proud of them, and uh, and proud for Coach Ronnie Cottrell. You know, I, I've told this story before, and I'll go ahead and throw it out there. You know, right now uh, while we're sitting here talking about Coach Cottrell, you know, some years ago when I was a young guy and and was planning on going into coaching myself, <clears throat> I was in school at um, at when when Alabama. Um, Alabama Southern Community College, or, or actually now it's uh, Coastal Alabama's what it's called now, Coastal Alabama, yeah. and uh, and it was Jeff Davis back then. Remember when we got out of oh, high yeah. school, you know, we went to Jeff Davis Community College or Junior College over in in Bruton, Alabama, and I remember being over there, and I was in uh, in one of um, Coach Floyd Adams' classes there, and uh, Coach Adams. Uh, saw me after class one night uh, one one morning and he said uh, he said hey you need to go by Flomerton uh, high school on your way home and see coach Ronnie Cottrell said he's looking for somebody to help with his football team over there at Flomerton and of course at the time I was coaching junior high ball with coach uh, Bob Zarn in Atmore I was helping with with coach Zarn there in Atmore and so uh, here I am a young guy planning on going into coaching and everything and I stopped by uh uh, Coach Cottrell's office there at Flomerton, and he takes me inside and talks to me a little bit, and and they weren't sure whether they were going to be able to pay me anything, but you know he said we'll try to do a little something for you and keep you in some gas money and maybe buy you a hamburger every now and then, and I said well that's okay, and um, and so that's just the way things were, you know, and and as I left there after talking to him, you know, he said hey we'll give you an opportunity maybe to to coach a little bit on our uh, offensive side of the ball. You can handle wide receivers or whatever. And, and I didn't know much about wide receivers, but I wanted to learn, you know. But but then after I left Flomerton, you know, I got to thinking about everything, and I said, you know, here I am. I'm already coaching junior high football in Atmore. You know, where can you go from Flomerton, Alabama? And to my surprise, about two years after Coach Cottrell and I had that conversation, I think he was at Florida State. So he showed me where you could go from Flomerton, Alabama. And anyway, I never made it too much further out of Atmore than what I did right there. But that was one of those things that I wake up some mornings and I go, "Eh, you know, Rick, you probably should have made a different decision than the one you made 
uh, that day after you left Flomerton? <laughs> well, that's a good story, and uh, and you've done all right for yourself, anyhow. So, uh, and uh, and you know, Coach Cockrell's a good guy. Uh, just like we said, you know, about Coach Fountain, uh, I, I'd be perfectly comfortable with my and would want my kids. Of course, all my kids are now if they were playing to play for him because he, he 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 builds character. He's a good Christian man, and uh, and it's you know they're not calling Mobile Christian for nothing. I mean, they're they're a Christian school, so. Congratulations to him. No doubt. Congratulations to Coach Cottrell and the Leopards of uh, Mobile Christian as uh, they come out on top. They win a state championship 15-0 and on the year. That's an accomplishment within itself, whether you get the big trophy or not. But, you know, winning 15 games in a row at any level. And uh, and the team that they knocked off was no slouch e- either. As with that <laughs> loss, very good, yeah. yeah, with that loss, Madison Academy ends their season fourteen and one. The only loss that they had all year long was in the state championship game to the state champion um, Mobile Christian Leopards. So uh, two good teams, and they'll be back again next year. They'll be they'll be something to be reckoned with uh, next year when the season rolls back around. As we look at Class 4A now in the uh, state of Alabama, the Alabama High School Athletic Association, of course, these games, all these championship games were part of the Super 7 state championship uh, games held up in Tuscaloosa, Alabama at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Uh, Pitted Catholic of Montgomery, which was basically your your South region winner, your southern part of the state winner against Cherokee County, who is uh, who's up north, and uh, and of course, this game was uh, kind of wopsided. Catholic of Montgomery just uh, really got all over Cherokee County. Really thought this game was going to turn out just a little bit better than what it was, but I tell you one thing: uh, Catholic of Montgomery came to play a little bit of defense, and uh, they ended up. Uh, shutting out Cherokee County. Final score in this ballgame was uh, Catholic of Montgomery, 35, Cherokee County, nothing, in a game that just uh, saw uh, Catholic of Montgomery just really go up and down the field on Cherokee County. They were just too much for them. Well, I mean, honestly, nobody gave uh, Catholic Montgomery, I mean, their defense will go down as a legendary defense in uh, in the state from this year. They just, uh, I mean, they start off the season shutting out McGill Tulin here at Bowfield, a much larger school, 21 to nothing. And when they shut out uh, 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 Booker T. Washington, uh, that was like their ninth shutout. And then, you know, and, and like, like you just said, they turned around and, and shut out Cherokee County, making it their 10th shutout for the season. I mean, 10 shutouts and, and, you know, at the 4A level is, that's pretty incredible. And they were playing a good team. Cherokee County just had the one loss leading in, into this. So, uh, I mean, I, this Catholic Montgomery defense is going to go down as one of the all-time great high school uh, defenses in the state of Alabama. Yeah, something else that they did, if you look at their schedule, too, on the year is uh, – is that Catholic of Montgomery actually beat Booker T. Washington twice. The first time they played them, they played them at home um, back the third week of the season, beat them 56-6. to And so they they hung 56 on them that game, and defense played very well, only allowing six points. And with 56 points being on the board for their offense, you know that, that six points probably came on the second team defense that was on the field. But then when it got playoff time, they didn't score as many points against a much improved Booker T. Washington team, but they did shut them out, and uh, and they scored half of 56, and that was more than enough to advance um, to the uh, state championship yeah. game. If you play 15 games in, in 4A, 5A high school football, and you shut out 10 of your opponents, that, that's – I mean that's off the charts. Yeah, you get, yeah, you definitely have a good defense when you can do that, no doubt. And of course, yeah. uh, you, you know, I mean, it, it just it just goes to show that you know we talked about uh, all year long as you get into these region games and different things like that, the cream starts floating to the top, and when you get into these uh, later playoff rounds and stuff like that, about the third, fourth round, especially in the semifinals and all. I mean, you've got the best of the best. Um, I mean, there's really not much difference in these two teams as they play each other, and uh, and they're working toward playing for a state championship. <laughs> 
That's right. So we've seen Class uh, 4A, so now let's uh, look ahead at Class 5A. And, of course, uh, that's a, a, another team that we're familiar with that's uh, right down here on the on the Gulf of Mexico, the beautiful city of Gulf Shores. Uh, Gulf Shores completed their goal of becoming a state champion and also finishing their season undefeated with a 15-0 and record. And, of course, uh, Gulf Shores took on Ramsey. And, uh, you know, this was... I watched this game and, and watched it from beginning to end. And, uh, and you, you know, Coach Jack Crow was a part of the uh, television broadcast for, uh, for this ball game, and as he was for a lot of the uh, – and, you know, Coach Crow, he, he used to coach up at Jacksonville State and everything was, a, was a, yeah. the head coach up there at Jacksonville State. And, you know, Ramsey was, was from his neck of the woods. He was from that area uh, there close to Birmingham where Ramsey's from. And, you know, Coach Crow himself – he kind of had his doubts about this Gulf Shores team, but you and I, you know, we we had heard and seen this team play uh, in in different aspects all year long, and knew that Gulf Shores was a very good football team, and of course, uh, and, and Gulf Shores just proved to be uh, too much to handle in a in a very good football game. I mean, this game went down to the wire as well, and uh, and Ramsey was was working on coming back and uh, the final score in this ball game was 21 to 14 a very good game you know now one thing that Gulf Shores did is they jumped out ahead of Ramsey they scored 21 points in the first quarter and did not score again so the Gulf Shores defense had to play very strong and very well and uh, you know you talk about shutouts and all that's one thing that Gulf Shores did is their defense was off the charts. I mean, they played good defense in Gulf Shores. They had quite a few shutouts during the season, and that defense is what really brought them this state championship, holding uh, Ramsey to 14 points in the ball game, and especially after the Gulf Shores offense jumped out 21 to nothing and then did not score the rest of the ball game. Yeah, and and, you know, and I really uh, regret us not even being able to cover one of their games all year long because it's quite the story. Uh, Mark Hutzpah, who I, I don't know, don't know much about him, I, but I know that in, in 2020, uh, Gulf Shores, they might have won one game, uh, one, you know, or something like that, one and nine or one and eight or something. Then his first year was 2021. He went uh, six and fourth, but did not make the playoffs. And last year he got beat in a close game after a good season. Uh, got beat by Faith Academy, and I knew about that. And I just remember thinking, well, he you know, that coach is. I mean, he's got it going on, you know. And uh, then this year, I mean, they obliterated everybody on their schedule right up until this last game against a very, very good Ramsey team. So that it, it's quite the, the turnaround story for Coach Hutzpah and the and the, and the Gush Wars Dolphins. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, and you look back through the season, look at some of the teams they beat, man. They beat UMS Wright 17 to nothing. Uh, they beat a very good Faith Academy team, 31 to 16. Uh, they they were really good and uh, beat traditional powers in the playoffs. Charles Henderson, 41 to nothing. Uh, Ufala, 45 to nothing. Both of those teams are uh, state championship traditions. Uh, so, you know, great job, Gulf Shores and Coach Hutz, but I mean, it's uh, just a, just a great job overall. I mean, 15 and 0. Well, and, and here's the thing too, Rick, and, and, you know, I'm going to get on a, on a soapbox here because, uh, because it's basically our show and I can, but, but <laughs> the, the thing, the thing that I'm going to say, and, and I'm talking to, um, to basically school administrators and coaches and everything else, the schools that make it, the schools that put the product on the field that make it, your schools that go to the playoffs and win in the playoffs, they have buy-in from the communities, and they have buy-in from not only the communities outside, you know, in the business communities in the town, but they, they've also sold the kids inside their schools that it is something different to be a part of a winning football team. You know, I mean, I've seen schools... I've seen them here locally where you could go to the school for whatever reason and look or go to a football game on Friday night and you've got good-looking athletes 
that are sitting in the stands watching rather than participating on the field. And, you know, oh, what, yeah. these, what some of these coaches need to do, and, and I'm going to call out the administrators, the principals and stuff, you know, you guys walk the schools with – you know, walk up and down the hallways with these kids. Encourage these kids to go out and play football. Because I'm going to tell you, I played football. You played football. You know, we were involved in athletics in high school. It makes a better rounded kid that participates in these sports programs at the high school level. It it, it cuts down on you on your discipline problems. It cuts down on a lot of things. It gives the kids something to do as an outlet that is positive. You know, it's so easy for us to sit here and talk about the, and be negative and talk about negative things about the kids. Kids haven't changed. All right. A matter of fact, I was having a conversation today with a gentleman and, and we were talking about, about, you know, the way you raise kids up and everything. Kids, the way kids, the way you raise them hasn't changed. Now, Granted, they can get into a lot worse stuff than we ever could get into, you know, because it just wasn't available to us. But one of the things is, is the way kids learn now is the way we learned then. You just bump that old noggin enough and it gets sore and you learn another way. But part of the way you got you to gotta teach them is get them out there among good men or women whichever the case may be, that are coaching and trying to make leaders out of them and put them, in a, put them in a position so that they can learn how to be leaders. And you do that by participation in your high school athletic programs. You know, I mean, usually the kids that are the discipline problems are the kids that are bored and don't have anything else to do. You know, so, they, right. so they get into mischief. If you if you're too tired from running forties after football practice to go out and get in any mischief, then you go home and you eat supper and you get up your homework and you go to bed like we always did, you know. And uh, did we get into our share of mischief? Sure, we did, but we weren't into some of the stuff that kids are, uh, you know, capable of now. And a lot of it, I believe, is just because they're bored and they're not involved. And we need right. to encourage kids to be involved into things that that have a positive influence on them and not a negative. That's right, man. And when we say get involved, get them involved at, you know, in the middle school, uh, uh, through the junior high, get them involved in the youth sports. Uh, most schools have a youth sports uh, program now, even not all the public schools do. Most of the private schools do. And get them involved. And, and in a lot of cases, if you're a coach and have to be listening to this or you're a high school administrator or whatever, and I know they know this already. They see it more than we do. Uh, but I saw it when I was coaching. Uh, sometimes uh, that organization and discipline and positive reinforcement, that's the only place they're going to get it for lots of these kids. They're not getting it at home sometimes. So you're, 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 you're doing a great service sometimes to some of these kids. And it doesn't matter if the kid comes from even a great home, and a great home with discipline and whatever. It's still good to play football. It's still good to get involved in high school athletics. Uh, and to hone that competitive nature and uh, and and help make them a you know a better person no matter who they are because the good coaches are always trying to make their kids better no matter what kind of background they came from. But you're right; in a lot of cases, it's it, it keeps it's the only organization, it's the only love that some of these kids will get. They're not getting much at home, if, if any. And I mean, not knocking anybody, but you know, uh, you know, I know I love my my kids that played for me, and uh, so. Uh, and I know you did too, and and so you're, you're 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 right. It might be a little bit of a soapbox we got on there though, but it's it's worth talking about for sure. Well, yeah, I mean it's worth talking about, and and like I say, it's it's just a pet peeve of mine because I I really want to you know. I feel like that part of my responsibility, whether I'm officiating or whether I'm doing games on the radio or even through this podcast, you know, one of the games that we or one of the things that we want to do that that we choose to do with our time is to advocate for high school sports and for sports, youth sports and everything else. That's why I spend so much time officiating, you know, Little, little guys baseball and, and girls softball and everything else that I do. It's because I love the sport and I, I know what the sport means to me and I know that it means a lot to these kids that are involved and it just would mean more to get more and more of these kids out there because because it just, 
It, it makes them better people, and that's what we're trying to do is the only thing that we can really do is, is just as Jesus said that we needed to do is we need to go through this world and leave it better than what we found it, and, and that's, that's what we need to try to do. And, you know, from my perspective, if, you, if, if you're going to make it better, it, it's through Jesus. Otherwise, it's, it's not getting any better anyhow. Sometimes that's the only time they might hear that, too. And, of course, you and I, on, and like you said, it's our podcast. We're not ashamed to say that at all. But even if it wasn't, I wouldn't be ashamed to say it. Yeah, so. that's, that is true. That is true. All right. So anyway, we've we've talked about the five A game. Gulf Shores, congratulations to them as they beat a very good Ramsey team. Final score in that one was twenty one to fourteen. So Gulf Shores brings home their state championship. And um, now we will move ahead to uh, a, a team that we actually got to go see a couple of times. This game. Rick turned out a little different than what I expected, and uh, and we had jokingly called Sarah Land the the University of Sarah Land all year long. Really thought Sarah, and they did. Uh, let let me start by saying this: they had a great football team, but on this particular night, on Friday night at seven o'clock, when this game kicked off uh, between Sarah Land and Clay Chalkville, and I want to say this: if if you didn't see the game on TV, I mean. You talk. You want to talk about speed on the field on both sides of the football and athletes and just uh, just incredible. I mean, I'm talking about kids that you're going to see within the next year, year and a half to two. You're going to see a lot of these kids that played on both Sarah Land and Clay Chalkville playing on Saturday at either Alabama or Auburn or somebody, you know, very similar to those two schools. Big-time college athletes on the field. Sarah Land had a great team. They they played great all year. They were they were 14 and 0 going into this game. Um, Clay Chalkville was 13 and 0 going into this game. I mean, it was everything you wanted in a state championship game, and uh, Clay Chalkville won a very close game. Final score there was 31-28, and I mean Sarah Land was just about to score to take the lead and just came up a little bit short. A, a yard short, you know. Uh, you know, <laughs> And uh, you're right. Uh, uh, Sarah Land's quarterback, he's a signee with Texas. Not a signee, but a, a hard commit to Texas. Uh, Texas Longhorns. Ryan Williams, their great receiver, uh, is you know. Of course, you're going to get into that, but is is going to forego his last a little his last year of high school to go ahead and uh, and and start playing somewhere. Of course, everybody he's committed, and he says it's a hard commit to the University of Alabama, along with a guy on the other side, uh, Jalen Mbakwe. Uh, that guy was unstoppable for for Central Phoenix City. I mean, he simply couldn't be stopped, and uh, and he signed with the uh, University of Alabama Crimson Tide. So, uh, just uh, you know, just some great, great, great players. Uh, and that was a great high school football game. I mean, they they left it on the field, uh, and at the end of the game, Sarah Land uh, went instead of going for the the kick to to tie the game, sent it overtime. They went for the win. I ran a quarterback draw, draw, and I mean, he almost made it, made it to the one-yard line, but he got stopped, and Central uh, Phoenix City won the state championship, their third. Yeah, and, and you know, I understand, and, and I haven't seen a lot of the commentary. Uh, I mean, Clay Chalkville, I'm sorry, yeah. Clay Chalkville. Yeah, yeah I, I haven't seen a lot of the commentary, but I do understand that some folks were Sarahland were a little little upset with, with uh, Coach Kelly. At, uh, at Sarah Land for not kicking the extra point and trying to tie the game up. I understand I understand what he was doing. Um, you know you know but but I, I just gotta say this. I, I I normally don't second guess a coach, but really at, at at that particular time I don't understand why you don't kick and tie the ball game up. I mean if you you got the you you got some offensive players that are really good players. You can't tell me that you can't dial up something in, in, in a situation in overtime. From you know you're going to have the ball on the ten yard line with four downs to score, and with the weapons you've got, you know th- that would I, I would find it hard living with myself for 365 days to get in that situation again to decide what I was going to do when all I basically had to do was put the ball down and kick it through the uprights. Now, whether or not he had um, 
whether whether he had that much confidence in his kicker or not. I don't know. You know, you and I well, had seen them play. Had missed one, yeah, his kicker had missed one earlier in the game, an extra point, I think. No, he missed an easy a field goal earlier in the game that wasn't much more than an extra point, and he missed it. And this this one uh, was from the left hash at the, and would have been a, a severe angle. But now, you know what? Uh, he's the coach. I probably wouldn't have done it, but I mean, I can see is I can see why he did what he did, and especially with their explosive offense. But you know, there's no there's no reason to you know some of the, and I think it, you know how each fan base just has maybe some fan bases have a little larger percentage than others. I'll bet, but so you got that ten to twenty percent that just they're loud and proud. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's who kind of bleeds through sometimes. And I know most of the people in Sarah Land they they realize what a good year they had and. uh Clay Chopwell had a good year too. They, they, we said uh, all along we thought Hillcrest Tuscaloosa would be the toughest game they played during the playoffs until they probably would play Clay Chopwell because we could see Clay Chopwell, uh, you know, up in North Alabama doing the same thing that Sarah Land was doing in South Alabama, and yeah. that's a blur in everybody. And so, and one thing uh, that we, did, you know, one thing that we did talk about is about the uh, you know sixth game of the year down there when uh, Clay Chopwell played. Uh, 6A Clay Chalkwell uh, played 7A Thompson and actually beat him, right. then, uh, beat him. then you knew that that Clay Chalkwell had a good football team. Right, and a lot of people, including <laughs> including you and I. Now, I'm not going to say that uh, Clay Chalkwell is, is, or, or Sarah Land is better than Central Phoenix City or Thompson, but we know Clay Chalkwell beat Thompson, and uh, Thompson lost by one point to uh, you know, Central uh, Phoenix City. Uh, so, those four teams are probably your four best teams in the state, and it could very well be that, that Clay Chalkwell is just the best team in the state, period, uh, you know, regardless of classification. So uh, there's not a lot of difference between some of those 6A schools and those 7A schools. Yeah, well, they were they were 14-0 and in the year in Class 6A, and, and they beat a team that we really thought – was going to bring home a state championship in uh, in Sarah Land, and and you know, getting into the whole thing, you know, about some of the some of the fans over in in the Sarah Land area kind of getting on Coach Kelly. You know, all right. So so here's the thing: you kind of made mention of it, and, and I'll kind of stretch it on out there. It's kind of like dealing with employees. A lot of times, you know, usually it's twenty percent of your employees give you 80% of your problems. And it's the same thing when you're dealing with fans too. You know, you, you've got that, you've got that little fringe that, uh, that of course they, they've always known more than everybody else. So they're the ones that are going to chirp the loudest, especially when, when you're down, when you lose, they get louder. If you lose, then they actually cheer for you on the nights that you win usually. And so that's right. That's called the, that's called the Pareto principle. A great statistician can know that twenty percent of what you're looking at causes eighty percent of the effect, and and and, and most of the people in Carolina are, are very supportive of Coach Jeff Kelly. And I, I think that you know, like I said, I probably would have kept tried to field goal myself. That's just me, but I can see why he did what he did. Yeah. Well, he he definitely, you know. I thought he. I thought it was the right call when it first opened up. Yeah, you, you can't. You can't say that the defense of Clay Chartwell just didn't make a superior play in stopping. Uh, yeah, in, in stopping that that quarterback draw the way it was stopped. I mean, they did a great job on defense, and they made the stop when it had to be made right. to win That's the exactly ball game. Right. So you got to tip your hat to them. So the final score exactly. there, Clay Chalkwell 31, Sarah Land 28. Sarah Land will be good again next year. They're still loaded, so uh, so they're going to be a lot of a lot of fun to watch. As a matter of fact, uh, the quarterback's only a junior. I mean, he'll be back again. Yeah. So, so right. and, and they'll just reload with more talent. They probably got plenty of talent standing on the sidelines waiting their turn to get in there so that they can be the, they can be the big dog on campus. They can be the big name. So uh, as we continue um, looking, the, the final game that we've got to really take a look at now is going to be, uh, uh, of course, the um, the Class 7A game, which was um, a very good game within itself. Uh, Central Phoenix City, as we said, uh, they defeated Thompson. I really expected Thompson to win, but I had heard a lot about Central Phoenix City. Um and of course, this was a game that, uh, if you watched it on TV, uh, you know, Bo Nix, his father, 
is um, is Patrick Nix, who used to play quarterback for the Auburn Tigers. Uh, Bo Nix was there in attendance at the ball game. Of course, he he went up in uh, to New York for the Heisman uh, presentation the other night. Didn't win it, but he was he was you know he was on the stage, which is a big accomplishment from a from a kid who played high school football in the state of Alabama to be uh, there representing his school, the Oregon Ducks, um, there in New York as an opportunity to to possibly win the Heisman. And, of course, he'll end up going on and playing in the NFL. But but Coach Patrick Nix and his team from Central Phoenix City, um, they end up their season 13-0. They beat a very good Thompson team. Uh, by a score of 21 to 19, and uh, that was a good ball game to watch, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Really good football, and and I tell you, um, you know, Central Phoenix City they were they they were as advertised, 13 and 0 on the year, and and your 7A state champion in the um, in the Alabama High School Athletic Association. Really good football yeah. team. Oh, it was. I watched the game. It was a great game. Could have gone either way. They they went back forward. A lot of defense in it. A lot of a lot of future college football players in this game too. Uh, uh, the Coleman kid from Central Fantasy, the receiver. Uh, oh yeah, the big kid going to Auburn. up going while going to Auburn. Uh, that kid's ridiculously good and and fast and. Uh, uh, of course, so, and then Thompson got the ninth great quarterback that yeah, was so good. It was somebody it, that yeah, wears yeah. crimson. Somebody that wears crimson needs to flip the big wide receiver. We, <laughs> yeah, sure. I yeah, tell you, he's, because he's that yeah. touchdown he ran on that bubble screen where he just ran by people, and I'm going, wait a minute, there's no way that that something that large is moving that fast. But <laughs> but but he but he was, and and he's much of a man. Yeah, I mean it was it was crazy. It was, it was a good game, and uh, you know, congratulations to, to Central Phoenix. I mean, they had a just a fantastic year. Mostly rode their defense because uh, you know when you look back at their season, uh, they you know the most points they scored. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't that much. I mean, uh, they, they relied high primarily on on a great defense. Uh, of course, a lot of times they got a good coach. He would kind of, you know, pull back on the throttle sometimes when they were they were way ahead. But uh, uh, yeah, um, just a, just a uh, uh, Cam Coleman's that just fantastic uh, football player, and and it was a, it was a really good game. Statistically, it was a pretty close game, you know, because uh, they're both very good football teams. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Thompson will be back. Of course, you know they uh, they. Uh, they're just loaded for bear up there, and 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 they win year in and year out. They're always one of the teams that's mentioned as being, you know, one of the best in the state. And of course, they they live in that classification, in that seven A classification, where it's all your larger schools, and there's fewer of those. But uh, but boy, when you go watch them and Hoover and Central Phoenix City, and and you know the big schools, Mary G. Montgomery was was part of that, uh, you know, over in Mobile, and all those big seven A's and stuff. I mean, when you go see, I mean, these are these are high school football teams that'll dress a hundred kids. You know, I mean, I, I remember one year uh, going up to one of the Super Sevens, and I believe it was in Tuscaloosa, and uh, and Hoover was there, and uh, that was when. Um, when Hoover was really in their heyday, and I remembered, I counted the number of kids. I was sitting there with my son Cooper, and and we were counting had a program, and we were counting, and Hoover dressed 135. I'm going, you know, I mean, just, I mean, but but there again, that's something that we kind of alluded to earlier. These schools that win, schools that win, your cream of the crop. I mean. We've talked about that even at, at Neal and T.R. Miller and, and schools that are right here, right around us. All these schools that win have a high rate of participation amongst the male student-athletes on the football program. I mean, you know, that's like at, at, at Neal being a 3A. You know, Neal, Neal dressed it about 65 kids. And uh, yeah. and so you you have a lot if if you do the math in your ninth through the 12th grade and you really can't even count the ninth grade because the ninth grade typically they play junior high football. You got to count 10th, 11th and 12th. And when you've got about, you know, I don't know, you know, 12 
12, 13, 15 kids per class that are out playing football. I mean, that's that's a majority of, of your of your kids in those classes, and you got you got to get them out and got to get them participating. And when you do, you've got more to choose from. You've got your athletic kids out there on the field, and and those are the schools that are really successful. That's exactly right, Ricky. But anyway, well, that gets us through that, you know, and uh, and so high school football is behind us. Uh, you know, there's going to be. Uh, we're going to get into the Christmas break here soon. And uh, and then, of course, when we come out of Christmas break, uh, I think about January the 8th is the opening day for, for throwing, beginning to throw for baseball and for, for girls softball. Of course, we've got basketball going on around at the different schools now. Get out and support your favorite school's basketball teams as uh, they will be in full in full speed, especially once they get back from the Christmas holidays. You know, they started late October, moving into November, and, and now they're going to have the Christmas break. Of course, when they come back, they'll be getting into more and more region games, and they'll be deciding region championships, and people will be going to area tournaments, and all this stuff will be going on, so it'll be ex- an exciting time. And then, of course, the spring sports come around, and then the next thing you know, uh, you know, toward the the further into the end of the school year, when we get a, over there around you know April and May, you, you get all these spring football games, and then the next thing you know, we're about to tee that rascal up again and get started again. And boy, I can't wait. We're so excited to uh, be a part of of high school football here uh, in our area. So, so glad to be able to bring this podcast to you, and we enjoy it, and uh, and we just have an opportunity to put it out there. We're going to delve into a little recruiting news and stuff like that. Rick and I have already discussed that, so we're going to – we're going to talk about some kids that have opportunities to go play next level football from some of these high schools right around us. And there's a bunch of them and, and there's so many opportunities for kids to go, you know, play now so much, so many more than there were uh, some years back as you've got schools here right around us in the state of Alabama. You've got, um, South Alabama has a great football team now. You've got uh, down in Pensacola. You've got the the University of West Florida, the Argonauts. They've already won a national championship, uh, you know, with their their football team. Uh, yeah, you've got uh, the the junior colleges over in Mississippi, where uh, where they they have uh, you know football teams that kids can go play. Uh, you, you go up to Montgomery, you've got Huntington, you've got Faulkner University in Montgomery that has football. You've got the University of West Alabama over at Livingston. I mean, there's just a lot of football right around us that a lot of people don't even really pay that much attention to because they're smaller schools. But uh, but these are opportunities for kids to. To go play and so we're going to kind of follow some of these kids and and we we want to we want to put it out there we want to uh reward these kids that are that are going to play this next level football and uh and and you know make a big deal out of it because it is it's a big deal to them and because it's a big deal to them it should be a big deal to us you know what i mean and so so that's what we want to do and and i'll tell you one thing that rick and i are really excited about too is not only that now that football's over with it gives us an opportunity to kind of move into another realm of stuff that we like to do and uh we gonna we gonna try to go hook something in the lips here for much longer. We gonna <laughs> we gonna find a place to fish before long, and we gonna we gonna pass that information along to you as well as uh, as we get out and kind of get on the waterways uh, all around us here in in Southwest Alabama and uh, in Northwest Florida, and try to fish a little bit. And we're gonna talk about that on our podcast, and we want you to be a part of it as well. That's right. A lot of good fishing. A lot of people don't realize uh, that. Uh... Uh, late November, December, January, there really ain't any bad months to go fishing. Like, like, like my dad, Captain Wayne, just tell, tell all of us, the only sure way not to catch a fish is to not go. And, uh, you know, there's good fishing in December and sure you're fishing. You got lots of good, you, you mentioned earlier about you and I possibly going to try and catch a speckled trout and some, uh, some redfish and you also got sheep's head i mean the colder months are typically especially once you get into february and march for the sheep's head uh fishing just bridge pylons and and bulkheads and things like that with some with some live shrimp or filler crabs on the inshore part of course offshore they, it's all about the weather if you want to try to get offshore it's 
you know, you got to get a get kind of a weather window for that, unless unless you've got a, a very large uh, yachet, as Jerry Howard say, a yacht or or something. But uh, uh, inshore fishing, crappie fishing is good. Just have to fish a little deeper for them this time of year. Get down around eight or nine feet, find you some structure, and throw you a little little marker buoy out and uh, and, and and fish for them. So lots of good fishing uh, to go in. Like I said, we're trying to go to Fine Plan, do uh, one of our podcasts from. Uh, one of our fishing locations, so uh, maybe get into some some tips on, on on how to be successful, or maybe even more successful than we are. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I'll 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 go ahead and say that you know you you're you're a much better fisherman than I am. I go with you just so that uh, so, so that I can go and enjoy. I enjoy watching you catch them. So, uh, because you're a lot better at it than I am. Now, one thing that I will say that I do enjoy, and I and I hope we get an opportunity to do, is uh, if for nothing else, just to go down and spend some time on the sand. Is I love it when we get a chance to go and and try to catch an occasional pompano, even though they're very tough to catch. I like to try to surf fish a little bit uh, right there around Turquoise Place and all in Gulf Shores, and uh, and like to go over there and maybe uh, do a little surf fishing uh, for those pompano man. Those are it's it's a lot of fun, and if nothing else, I mean, who can't who can turn down a trip to the beach? I mean, even oh, if you don't, right. <laughs> even if you don't catch a fish, it's a good day. You know what I mean? Well, that's why I like the pompano fishing, surf fishing, because you're just kind of sitting there relaxing, and uh, they, of course, the pompano and, and some of the other uh, surf fish just kind of run up and down the, the beach. So you just kind of sit there and relax and take it easy while you're waiting for your rods to go off. Well, I know one of the funnest times I ever had is I've I've only caught one pompano that I've remember catching when I went with you over there. But one of the funnest times I've ever had was that day that I hooked the big old uh, stingray, and he liked to drug me, slam the Pensacola as, as I was trying to. I wasn't sure whether I was pulling him in or he was pulling me out. But uh, but one of the two things was yeah. happening. We was we was having fun while we were doing it, and and a lot of the the fun is is when you're out there fishing like that, and there's there's people on the Gulf of Mexico, especially people that aren't used to being around the Gulf and all. You, you always meet new people because they come up and watch and see what you're doing, and they're interested in what you're doing, and and so it becomes fishing. Then becomes a spectator sport. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's right. I'm looking forward to it too. I am too. Well, look, that's going to do it for us tonight. We've we've made it through a football season, and we're trying to get into something else, and, and hopefully fishing season will be next. We'll do a podcast next week. We'll just have to figure out what it's going to be about. Might be a little bit of fishing. Might be something else. You don't ever know, but the way you find out is to tune in. So find us. We're available wherever you get your, your podcasts, and we call it the Sports Moose Media Podcast, and it's available wherever you want to listen, whether it be Spotify or Amazon uh, Amazon Music or, or just a, a whole I'm going to use the word, Rick, a whole plethora of places we're available for you to uh, to pick up a podcast. So tune in, listen to us, and uh, until next high school football season, y'all strap it up tight, okay? And, uh, and, and, and watch out for those blindside blocks. There you go.